This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Dan Crawford from HamiN.com and the Green Pole Podcast. This is our preview episode of Fulham's match Monday night against Tottenham Hotspur at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. During the show, Dan and I will preview the match. We'll also talk about the upcoming protest before the Manchester United match. We have a lot to get through in this show, but before we get going, I just want to say a few words. It's been a couple of weeks since uh, what has been going on in the world. And uh, I've given this a lot of thought. And I just want to just say one of the reasons why I love Fulham Football Club and the community of Fulham Football Club is that uh, we're all in this together. And that's what's great about it. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what religion you are. doesn't matter about anything, political party, anything. It doesn't what race you are, nothing. We're all phone supporters, and that's the beauty of it, and this brings us all together. So I am glad to continue to do Cottage Talk and talk about phone football because that's what I love to do. This is my safe space. This is my escape. So I am so happy to be doing the show with Dan. Dan, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, Russ. I appreciate you being having me back on and, and being able to do a show um, I know we don't want to get into it too much, but I do want to uh, send my thoughts to you and anyone else who's been affected by by what's been going on in the world um, over the last couple of weeks. It's been a very difficult time uh, for a lot of people, and I'd like to associate myself with your remarks. You know, we are a Fulham family. Um, this show was great for me to get rid of all my rage many years ago when uh, when Fulham were playing and, and we were doing um, shows with uh, with some of our former colleagues who, yep. who, who set this up. And it's great that the show is continuing, has such a big audience. And I know that um, many Fulham supporters on my side of the Atlantic 
were asking how you were doing and checking in and wanting to know when we were going to be back talking Fulham again. So we are, and we've got a really exciting game to be to be previewing on Monday night. And I, I'm just glad that that uh, you and your your family are okay, and we're uh, in a position to talk all about Fulham again. We are, my friend, and that's what's great about this. And I've had a lot of time to think about what's been going on, and uh, it's been a blessing. Doing this show has been incredible. Like I said, this is a safe space for me, an escape for me. Fulham's an escape for me, but it's also such a wonderful community. And the fact that people enjoy it, listen to it, just basically uh, makes my day. So I'm glad that you shared that, and I'm glad everyone that has – the ability to listen listens to the show. It just it makes me very happy. So let's get going, my friend. Before we talk about the match, I want to talk a little bit about what's being planned before the Manchester United match. I think I've been talking about it a little bit. I actually put my name to this protest along with a lot of other blogs and podcasts that are backed by Foam Supporters Trust. This is going to be happening before the Manchester United match. And Dan, you're part of the Fulham Supporters Trust, so let's talk a little bit about it. People were meeting before in Bishop's Park, and they're going to be getting a yellow card. And in the 18th minute, they're going to be putting up that yellow card. So let's just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I don't think it's any surprise, Russ, um, that Fulham fans are disappointed with the ticket pricing um, <laughs> over a long period of time now. The trust and and, and other Fulham uh, outlets have voiced their concern about what what Fulham calls stretch or dynamic pricing, i.e. Um, for match day pricing, uh, charging a lot of money for uh, seats to, to go and watch Fulham at, at Craven Cottage, match day admission. Uh, the difference, I think, this year, uh, for me in particular, was the fact that the season tickets had also risen um, it, it to, 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 to quite a significant amount, you know, 18.5% on average for a season ticket increase was a lot. Um, and the season ticket pricing, uh, the trust and, and the other uh, fans' organisations and websites um, have picked this Manchester United game uh, principally because it's on television and because the pricing is insane. Um, but Equally, it was the, the cheapest ticket behind the goal for Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago for an adult was £71. Um, and we, we won that game, so you might think it's value for money. And we do understand that it's free market economics and the club can charge at the moment whatever it wants to. But I think the concern, um, my, my concern and, and the concern of articulated better um, by many of the fans' organisations than I, is that you could essentially price out the next generation of Fulham fans, people who might be struggling in a cost-of-living crisis, struggling with inflation, which is still high in this country, or, you know, just choosing to do something else other than pay um, upwards of £200 for, for a mother, father and, and a couple of kids to go to the match. And if you price young supporters out, they'll find something else to do and they won't necessarily come and follow Fulham. The yellow card thing has a bit of a history uh, to it, Russ. So yep. 
in 2000, 2001, uh, a, Fulham a Fulham fans organisation then called Fulham United distributed yellow cards to hold up in support of the redevelopment of Craven Cottage from a uh, half-standing to all-seater stadium, um, asking Hampstead and Fulham Council to pass the planning permission uh, to allow that to happen. That was a match day demonstration of support because uh, neighbours and million, millionaires, if I can put it that way, in the vicinity of Craven Cottage had said that local people didn't want um, a Fulham Football Club stadium at Craven Cottage, so oblivious to the fact it had been there for more than 100 years. But that, that yellow card protest worked. Um, the second yellow card protest was at Loftus Road when Fulham were in exile at Queen's Park Rangers and were not likely to return to Craven Cottage. And there was a yellow card protest before a match, a televised match against Middlesbrough, um, asking uh, Mohamed Al-Fayed at the time to, to return Fulham back to, back to the cottage, back to Craven Cottage. Eventually, that protest was successful. This yellow card protest is designed to caution the Khans um, at and Fulham Football Club or that they are the temporary custodians of yep. Fulham Football Club and that they may price people out of a family club if they continue um, in this fashion. I, I would say just personally, it's difficult for me to protest against Fulham Football Club. It goes against everything that I want to do. I want to support the team. I love Fulham Football Club. I'm well disposed towards a lot of what um, our ownership have done over a long period of time. They've certainly made us a Premier League club, which I never would have dreamed of when I grew up watching Fulham Football Club. But some things are important, and most people will know. You mentioned um, politics in your in your introduction. Most people will know I'm no stranger to to the political process. I fully understand that my politics might not be um, everybody's, but there comes a point when you have to stand up. And it's not just Fulham Football Club. The Premier League, the English game is becoming pricier. It's becoming trendier. Um, and we have to collectively, I think, take a stand as football supporters to say that the game should be accessible to everybody. Fulham have a very laudable scheme, which is called Fulham for All, which yep. is designed to support equality and access to the football club for everybody, regardless of their race, creed, colour, religion, background, socio-economic status. And it's admirable that Fulham put so much time into education programmes and community outreach work. But it counts for nothing, unfortunately, if the bottom line to getting into the stadium means that you have to pay so much money to watch the team. Um, and unfortunately, I know of many supporters who have decided this year that they can't afford a season ticket. And therefore, if you can't afford a season ticket, you have to pay these prices to, to go and watch the game. And that means that some of our most vocal loyalist support is unable to watch the team. Um, so, so we don't really uh, want to protest but I think uh, we do need to stand up for the fact that it, it seems absurd that that, uh, that because of the away ticket pricing cap, 
away fans at Craven Cottage only pay thirty pounds. So because of a loophole in the in the in the rules, uh, home teams can charge uh, sometimes three times as much as as that. And that's the reason why, why we've moved to this stage. Um, how successful it will be, I, I don't know. But there comes a point where you have to uh, stand for what you believe in, frankly. Exactly, Dan. I'm glad that you said that. And I have talked about this on a prior show, but I wanted to talk, delve in a little bit more into it and just share my thoughts a little bit more. And I wanted Dan to share his thoughts because you said something that really stood out to me, Dan. And we'll just say it for just a few more minutes. The fact you talked about the next generation, I think that's very important. I think that's incredible that it could affect the next generation. We don't want that. So I think that the tickets should be reasonable. Also, you could be pricing out fans right now that, again, just can't go. And here's the thing. Fulham can't get the tickets pricing. They can't get people to buy them. But are they Fulham supporters? I don't know. And I think that's the issue I have with this, is that are you trying to increase the amount of Fulham supporters or are you just trying to make money? It feels like to me you're trying to make money. Now, I know that we've talked about in the past, and the cons have mentioned in the past about being sustainable, right? Well, this to me has nothing to do with being sustainable because the amount of money that you're going to be making from ticket prices really doesn't do a lot to their bottom line. It really doesn't. All it does is it shows to me that they can get it because there are going to be tourists coming. There are going to be Manchester United supporters that are willing to pay it. But is that good for Fulham Football Club? And I would say absolutely not as we're talking about it, Dan. What about the supporters? What about the next generation. And that to me is what makes me sad about all of this. I'm all for ticket pricing being reasonable, but this is not. And that's why I'm glad that the Foam Supporters Trust and all these organizations, including myself, again, I just put my name on it. I am the host of Cottage Talk. I don't want to speak for anyone else, so I'm putting my name on it. But other groups have put their name on it as well. And I stand with them because... For me, this is about our community and doing it the right way. I think the way that they're doing it, Danny, you said that there's a precedent with the yellow card. I think this is a proper way to do it. There's a way to really be aggressive about it. This isn't aggressive. This, to me, is a proper protest. Before we move on, I just want to get your thoughts on the approach that we're taking here because I do think it's the right way to do it and not being like overly aggressive or turning your backs. I know that that was something that was that people have brought to me. Well, maybe we can turn our backs. So you can do that. But I think this is a good way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm biased, clearly, because I mean, but we're, we're both involved in organisations and, and, and fan outlets that um, that have come to that have co-signed this this statement and have endorsed this approach. I understand people wanting to be a bit more militant with regards to the protesting, but um, we have to abide by it. We, we can't make the stadium or surrounding the stadium unsafe right. for people. That's the first, that, that, that's the first thing. 
Um, the second thing is I, I wouldn't want to turn my backs on on uh, on Fulham Football Club when they're when, when they're playing. Um, the players don't set the prices. The players actually need our our, our support. Absolutely, um, and that is actually linked to to what you were speaking about about who buys the tickets and what the condition of the atmosphere is like within Craven Cottage. We both know that Craven Cottage, when it's uh, loud and, and and jumping, can be um, quite a special place um, to watch football. But it's no by no means the loudest uh, ground in, in in the Premier League. I saw an Athletic survey. I'll, I'll need to fire Peter Rutzler out of the nearest cannon. Wow. <laughs> uh, if he contributed to the rankings of of, of that, um, we'll have to talk to him about that. Well, you know, there are ways we can educate Peter, <laughs> shall we say? Um, but he's a nice lad. Look, Peter's a great guy, and he he love he, Peter. Give us great coverage, and he uh, does. Uh, you know that that was a cheeky aside of mine. <laughs> the, the major point is the atmosphere within the stadium at Craven Cottage because of the acoustics, because of the type of Fans, we are isn't going to be red hot like it's a a Belgrade derby or El Clasico or the or the Glasgow derby for 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 each game or indeed um, any game. But one of the issues that we've had is that certainly where I sit, I, I'm joined or not joined in, in many cases this season by higher number of supporters. Or, or spectators, I think is the best way to, to put it, who seem to who don't seem to be paying much attention to what is going on on the pitch. It's an outing. It's an experience. I don't mind people coming to Craven Cottage for an experience because they might have a good experience and they might come back. My issue is twofold. One, Marco Silva has talked many times about the need for a, for a big atmosphere within Craven Cottage to help Fulham achieve their goals within the Premier League. That is endangered by the fact that you're pricing people out of getting tickets. And and two, of course, the, the thing that we haven't touched upon is if you are going to charge so much for a match day ticket or a season ticket, the facilities within the ground need to be a bit better than prehistoric. Um, and good point, Dan. Very good point. That those things take time, but some of us have been waiting a long time for improvements to the Hammersmith end. There are a number of things that can be worked out through dialogue between the club and the supporters' organisations, and I would expect and hope for that dialogue to continue. But the reason that I think that this protest is coming forward is because the people involved in those discussions don't feel, and our speaker's one of them, don't feel like we are given a fair hearing. I, I think there, there may be a characterisation that this is because we don't get what we want in terms of ticket pricing. Uh, and I would just say from my point of view, I'm quite happy to have a discussion and to be presented with reasonable business reasons or economic reasons why this ticket pricing is necessary. But to your point, you know, putting these ticket prices up, it, it's a drop in the ocean compared to the 40 plus million pounds that the club is currently losing every year. We're right. not going to make that up on ticket pricing alone. Um, so you could uh, stagger these increases. You could offer a more attractive package to supporters who've always been there to support Fulham Football Club. The, the Fulham Football Club 
endorsed statements during the pandemic that said football without fans is nothing. Um, and it's time for those warm words to be reflected in, in, in their in their ongoing approach towards towards pricing, in my view, and I can only speak for myself at this moment in time, but I don't think I've said anything that's too far out of line with no. the general gist of what people are upset about. Very good, Dan. I think you were very eloquent in what you said. The only other thing that I'll add to it, and then we'll move on and we'll talk about the Tottenham Hotspur match, is this, that you brought this up, but it is a drop in the bucket. Here's the thing that... I want them to consider. You just talked about upgrading Craven Cottage. Absolutely. If you're going to jack up the prices, it's time to upgrade Craven Cottage, not just the Riverside stand, the entire facility, the entire stadium should be upgraded. If you're going to jack up those prices, that's one thing that I look at. Also, there are revenue streams that can be added to what they do not have right now if you have a better... I'll just say this right now, product on the pitch. If Fulham do better, you are going to get new advertisers. You're going to be able to get more money for Fulham Football Club, which hopefully can be brought back into the club, back into Craven Cottage, and also basically improve Fulham Football Club. The ticket pricing for me is a very small part of it. So I just wish that they would be more understanding to the their customers, which are the supporters, and understand that, yes, you can get the ticket pricing, but you are potentially alienating fans, and you shouldn't be doing that. For the amount of money that you're going to be bringing in, it just doesn't make sense. So I hope that this enlightens them a little bit to come to the table and really just have dialogue with the Fulham Supporters Trust that can be more meaningful, more back and forth, and maybe there can be some kind of peace to be made where, where they come up a little bit or they come up somewhat, that they at least understand why this is a big deal. Because, Dan, I'll just leave it here. The way that they've handled this with really not talking about it, to me, just feels like it's gone on deaf ears. And I think that's the biggest problem here is people are upset and they don't feel that the club are listening, Dan, and, and then we'll move on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think, it, I, I think it's about, um, I think it's about understanding. You, you, you called them customers and I, I, I slightly blanch at that because this okay. is not, a, this is not a unique business, you know, there are a number of London Premier League clubs. It's not like I'm going to decide at the end of the season not to renew my season ticket and I'm going to buy another one at one of our other competitors. I'm not going to do that. They have a captive market. The problem is going to be how do you support your team if you can't support your team by going to the ground and you feel priced out, you're less likely to invest in other ways to support the team. You know, everything is very expensive around Premier League football, even around... And, and the issue, of course, that we haven't touched upon is were Fulham to get relegated, the club is going to need the supporters to uh, fill the stadium and to back the team. And there will be a period of economic 
uncertainty as you sort of rebalance the wages, you know, and it may be that we don't get back to the Premier League for as long as we struggle to do after the Khans took ownership and we went down the first year. There should be some reward for the loyalty of long-serving Fulham fans. We're not asking for much. We're just asking to be heard on this most basic thing of, you said this show was your way of escaping from the world. Many years ago, Fulham Football Club was more, as a young boy, was my way of escaping from whatever um, torment I'd racked up during the week at school or, you know, whatever I'd done. Um, I let out my energy on the terraces at Fulham Football Club. I'm still doing it now. Right. Unsuspecting referees, opposition defenders, and sometimes our own players bear the brunt of my my frustrations um, at times, Russ. But that outlet has to be there. And the issue is they've they've got a situation now where you have a limited capacity. So they can charge as much as they want. Um, but people should not be surprised when um, supporters take a view of the product that is on offer and decide that in comparison to other things in their lives, this might not be for them. They will be able to replace those supporters for as long as Fulham are uh, at the top echelon of English football, but it might be to the club's long-term detriment. Okay, excellent stuff, Dan. And me bringing up customers, just the way that businesses look at it. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying... That's the way that I think that I'm they just, look I'm at just it. Saying they're not conventional customers. No, they're not. No, they're let not. Me use, let me use an American analogy. If you're yep. a customer of Walmart, you can go to another supermarket. That's right. That's if right. If you're a fan of Fulham Football Club, it's very unlikely that you will go to another football club, a long-term fan. But their pricing model is predicated on the fact that there will be soccer fans or football fans from around yep. the world who will quite like just to go to a Premier League match and they will spend a lot of money and they might go and get a souvenir and they might spend a lot of money. And if it's their one visit to a Premier League match, it feels like something that is worthwhile. And my suspicion right. is that the long-term business model for Fulham Football Club is predicated on the fact that they can attract these people who are not going to worry about putting £200 down because it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience or a twice-a-year experience that they can afford or they can expense to their business account or whatever it is, right? The people who save up all their money for them and their kids to go to the matches are in a slightly different position right? when they have to make everything else add up. Right. But, Dan, this goes back to me talking about, believe it or not, Fulham's summer transfer window because it showed me – where their mindset is, they are not looking to build. They are looking to basically be who they are, and they know that they can get it. But if you are really interested in building Fulham to a better level, you would be basically doing everything we're talking about. You would have affordable pricing. I'm saying affordable pricing because that would get the – average supporter to come on a regular basis that wouldn't have to be worrying about it and it would build up your supporter base that's the way i'm looking at it and then what you need to be doing is you need to be keeping your manager improving your club improving the facilities and what i see what i think they're doing you know how they talk about sustainable well you can get the ticket prices right right now 
it's not sustainable in the championship. And I think that's where, as you talked about before, that's what gets me. It's a mindset right now, I feel, that the club has where it's, we can get the tickets, pricing, we can get it, but it all changes if they get relegated. And they're not building for the future. They're not building the next generation. That's what's upsetting me. Anyways, you and I could go on and on about this. Let's move on. So coming up next, Dan and myself, we'll talk about something very different. We're going to talk about a match. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, Dan, let's get to a big match on Monday night. Monday night football for Fulham at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium against Spurs. And let's just get your opening thoughts on the match. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm not sure what your answer is going to be to this. Can Fulham learn anything from the Carabao Cup match? Can they take anything from the Carabao Cup match going into this match against Tottenham Hotspur? Now, I know they did not play their best starting 11, neither did Fulham, but there were a lot of starters in there for Spurs, and we got to see the manager's style of play against Marco's style of play. I think you can Get something out of that Carabao Cup victory. Dan, what are your thoughts and your thoughts on the match? Well, I think the one thing you should take from that is confidence. We're the only team to have beaten uh, Tottenham, I think, this season, even though everyone seems to forget about it or do that Jose Mourinho <laughs> thing of, oh, it was a draw because it went to a penalty shootout. Well, technically you're correct, but who won? And I'll save a Fulham winning winning on a penalty shootout, Russ, because it doesn't happen very often. No, you know, it doesn't. Even penalties in normal time are a sort of hide-behind-the-sofa affair, um, as it were. Um, they, they should uh, they could either go on the on the Paramount channel or the horror channel, <laughs> depending on your sort of on, on how bad they are. Um, look, you've got to take confidence from the way that Fulham played, the personnel might have been different, but I don't think the Postacoglu approach is markedly different from what we saw on that evening. I think they're just more attuned to it now because they've been playing uh, with him as the manager uh, more more regularly. My, my general thoughts on the match are, I'm looking forward to it for one thing, because it's almost a yardstick of where Fulham are. Yeah. Um, our previous measuring sticks have not gone well in terms of um, the the other London sides. We've played and been beaten quite badly 
Uh, actually, I, I, I shan't depress the listenership. They're probably all already switched off um, at this point in 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 the discussion. Um, but I, I do think it will suit Fulham playing this match away from home. I feel like the current composition of the side means we're probably better when teams come onto us and try and play against us, um, and we can. Uh, threaten them in the counter-attack. Um, it will require a great deal of discipline. I, I, I do worry a little bit about, you know, not having Issa Diop, probably for some considerable period of time. We'll, we'll probably come on to that. We are, uh, yep. And, uh, and not having Issa Diop, not having Tufsin Adarabayo, um, and not having, a couple, you know, Kenny Tete and Adama Traore, um, available, so 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 you're looking at other solutions, but it's a good test uh, for Fulham, and I think Spurs are vulnerable defensively. I do. I, no, I, I agree, Dan. Go on, mate. Yeah. No, I totally agree, Dan. And we're going to talk about it. Let's just move on to it because you brought us to a good place. There's a key player out for both clubs. We're talking. We have Issa Diopi. You mentioned the other players. We can also mention Kenny Tete, but they have a big miss here. He's suspended for the match. And I think this is significant uh, with a Basuma being out. He's been at exceptional for them. And he, like Polina for Fulham, really just sets the tone for Spurs. Now they have um, Hoiberg, who I'm thinking will be the player to come in from. Who knows what happens? But this is a significant loss. But what are your thoughts about the players out for Fulham and the suspension for Basuma plus they have a couple players coming back from situations internationally. They are potentially going to play in son and another player. I'm, I'm losing my thought process on that, but they're coming back from a couple of players that are coming back from international duty that dealt with something. So what are your thoughts about the players who are out and we'll take it from there. Yeah, Basuma is a big miss for Tottenham because he did something very stupid and got sent off at Luton. Um, he's been a very combative, um, strong player in the midfield. You, you made the Polini comparison. I think it's apt. Um, so, interestingly, Tottenham have uh, quite a number of uh, of options in there um, to 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 replace uh, Basuma, but we've seen him be a, a leading player. In, in the Premier League um, for a long time. In terms of the other players that Spurs have got coming back, so Son Heung-min, uh, Christian Romero... That's what um, I was thinking of, right? Uh, ...had an injury on international duty. And also, um, Brennan Johnson, I think, could come back. They're, they're sort of, you know, kidology, mind games, I don't know. But Brennan Johnson has been training. He hasn't really hit his stride yet. Um, since coming in from Nottingham Forest, it'd be very Fulhamish for us to um, give him a couple of goals, wouldn't it, on, on Monday night um, if, he, if he comes back in. Um, our selection issues are interesting to me. So Kenny Tete is not there. Uh, that I presume it'll be Timmy Castagna down the right flank. Um, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I'm less worried about that. Um, because Castagna is a quality uh, fullback, 
that, that that's less of a problem. I'm interested, and you'll have some insight into this, that on the other side, Anthony Robinson has been playing uh, for Fulham whilst not playing for the United States. And Silver referenced this in his press conference. They're sort of managing his problems, plural. They identified them as. So, you know, Jedi's been playing non-stop football for, for a long, long time and doing very well. Uh, but we have to kind of be careful about that. You've obviously got the issue at centre-back. Let's just get into it now because yep. I'm, not, I'm not really sure how it's going to work. Spurs play with a high press. So they that do. immediately puts Tim Ream. I, I love Tim Ream. Um, he's had a had a birthday and passed the 300 appearance mark since the last time we've we've spoken on this this show Russ um I love Tim Ream but he's clearly going to come under pressure from that and we've seen some issues with that um in London derbies uh, earlier this season you'd ideally you'd want so so it's interesting to me people talk about wanting a left-footed and right-footed central defensive combination well We've had many a many a central defensive combination where people can only kick with their right foot. Greta Hangland and Aaron Hughes being That's the most right. being the most effective example of that. Nobody complained that Aaron wasn't particularly left footed or that Breda couldn't really play uh, with his left foot. Um, so it's interesting that we now seem to want balance. I thought Calvin Bassey did very well when he came on for for Issa Diop. Um, and he's obviously the long-term replacement for, for Tim Ream, but right. credit to Tim for making us continue to say that he'll be the long-term replacement because of Tim's own extraordinary longevity and, and high-caliber performances. I'd be interested to see how they gel. Bassey, a very physical, combative centre-back who likes to bring the ball forward as well. Um, he deserves an opportunity. It's very unfortunate, I felt, to get sent off. Uh, uh, Arsenal, principally because of the first yellow card, which was ridiculous. Um, but we won't go into that because we only have, I don't know, an hour and a half on this podcast, it seems. <laughs> um, there are some other issues with the selection. I'm just going to go through it now because I'm in, on a roll. Um, okay. Okay. Well, let's go right now to the starting level. Let's just do it, Dad. Interesting to me that Iwobi, Alex Iwobi played in central midfield last time out and did really well. Right. You've got Sasalukic back and assisting goals for he who shall not be mentioned in the during the international break. Um, <laughs> Sasha had a really good game at Arsenal and then got badly injured. Um, probably his best performance for, for Fulham. So we need to kind of see where the balance of that lies. The balance of Harrison Reed and Zhao has slightly been off in previous weeks, which is why they made the change. Harry Wilson had a terrific game for Wales. You might have seen I did. Seen that. Um, I think Harry Wilson becomes an option in a number of positions from the right, obviously, although I'd probably be keeping Bobby Deckard Dover Reed right where he is at the moment. Wilson sort of floated into that number 10 role for Wales. He's done that before for Derby and for Bournemouth. Um, so he could be an option in there. You've obviously got William, um, who, who, who's going really well um, at the moment. And then you've got that. Here we go. Pressing issue of, 
who you play up front. Who do you play up there, Dan? That I'm this not, is a big question. I'd play Jimenez for the okay. simple reason that um I don't I, I don't think Tottenham are gonna be quite as physical and robust as Sheffield United were. And Jimenez did really well. Spurs are gonna have a lot of the ball, you would think, right? The game closest to this, the closest parallel was against their sort of North London. Managers. I was going to say, it would that be a comparison? Had a great game against he Arsenal. Did. He did. But he sort of disappeared from the radar for that Sheffield United match, right? And Vinicius did play for Tottenham and he'll want to show Tottenham that, you know, they didn't buy him and he'll want to put in a performance. And I am attracted to the idea of Carlos's pace running away from from the from the from the Tottenham defence. So I'm conflicted about this. Um I, I would probably pick Jimenez, but I doubt it's gonna happen. Okay, so you think he's gonna go with Vinicius? I do, I do, and I can see the reasons for why he would do that. Uh interesting to me whether Pereira uh Andreas keeps remains in the number 10. I think he will. Um, largely because of that beautiful pass he played for the first goal yeah. uh, for Bobby. But Andreas is not quite hitting the heights of where he was last season. I'm interested in what you would do, Russ. Come on, it's your show. Well, it's very interesting, Dan. I might go a little bit different. I've been thinking about what you said about the situation with Pereira and Awobi. And I might go Awobi instead of Pereira, and have Sasa Lukic and Paulinha. I might really just switch it up. I would have Bobby on the right, William on the left, and I would actually go with Jimenez up front. That's what I would do, because I'm glad that you brought up the comparison against Arsenal. I think it's a, a good comparison. So that's what I would do. I would actually start a Wobie. I know that you lose something on set pieces, but I like what I have seen from Alex Awobi, I think Alex Awobi could potentially take over that role of the number 10. He could do. And we're also forgetting Fulham's actual number 10, who, who made a pivotal difference in the last match. I need to apologize to Tom Kearney. I know he, he <laughs> flicks across these things and he, him and his family sometimes listen to this show. So Tom, I'm very sorry. I will, you know, um, it was obviously we should celebrate his wonderful goal against Sheffield United. Russ, it's an absolute crime that his right-footed strike against Sheffield United has been taken away from him. It was a goal the like of which no one has ever seen and will never oh. see again. Um, but there is a serious point to, to all of this, which right. is you need to keep the ball. Tom Kearney is the man. And sure. I, I think... I've been having this debate on our own show and in various other forums. I do think Tom Kenny is better than just 20 minutes at the end. You need to set the tone in these games. He's got experience. He's got the ability to keep the ball. He'll hold it for you. I think he's a better player than even some of us realise. Okay. And, um, he should be utilised more. Now it's up to Marco to decide sure. how to do that. Nice problem to have to fit Kenny, Reeve, Lukic, Palina, Pereira, Iwobi, Wilson, Declan Overeem, uh, William, 
all into the same midfield, very difficult. But right. suddenly our midfield looks strong. It's just the central defence and attack where we're, where we're sort of still a little bit light. <laughs> Absolutely, Dan. Well, what do you make of me wanting Awobi to play the number 10 role? Am I wrong to go in that direction? I, I'm a big fan of Pereira, but like you said, has he really hit the heights this season? I don't think so. And honestly, some of his uh, corners haven't been the greatest lately. Oh, well, well, no, 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 no. I mean, his corners are order of magnitude better than what preceded them. Let's be, <laughs> let's be clear about that. You know, true. Fulham have this not been true. great set-piece specialists um, okay. in recent years. I, I would just say this on Andreas, right? Yep. He will be a better player against sides, he'd be more effective against sides who give him the space to play, all right? Some of the teams we played more recently have been tight on him and put two men on him or recognised his threat and gone uh, and shut him down. Um, He did score a a terrific goal at Arsenal. Um, I'm not having Matthew Upson's bizarre suggestion that he mishit that. No, he didn't. Please, no. Right. Um, he did score a great goal. He did. And I feel like a game against Tottenham is an opportunity for him, a big game, but also an opportunity. Spurs will be cognizant of his threat that he poses, but they'll want to pose a threat in their own, in our own final third. So he may get more space to influence the game. And that's where I want to see Andreas taking the ball, running at people, using his vision, using his passing. I mean, I could see a setup very similar starting-wise to what we started with against Sheffield United. I was going to ask you if you were going to go with that. I'd have no problem with a Wobi in a deeper role because you'll have energy there. Um, I I see why you'd want him to play the number 10. I'm still unsure of exactly what his best position is. Right, I no. quite like him in there next to Zhao if they feel that they can they can do that because okay. he just adds a bit of extra pace and vitality and dynamism that the previous pairings, Pelina and Reed, Pelina and Kearney, Pelina and Lukic, they don't they're a bit one paced. God bless them all, but they're not based with the balletic and athletic ability okay. that Awobi gives you and. You know, it is a bit of a gamble to play that many ball players, that many creative players against Spurs. But, True. you know, you know that Marco likes to go for it. And I'm well, here. You know, put all of your chips down <laughs> on, you know, because let, let's, 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 let's be real about it. I think Tottenham are going to score a goal. Okay. Oh, of course. Well, Maybe not, of course, because we'll have to apologise to Burnt Leno and the whole Fulham defence for our lack of faith. But (laughs) the likelihood is that Tottenham are are likely to score a goal. Therefore, we are going to have to score a goal, something which we have found quite difficult to get something out of the game. We may have to score more than one goal to get something out of the game and maybe more than two goals to win the game, right? In which case, you need some creativity on the pitch and you right. don't want to bring it on after 70 minutes or 60 minutes. Right. So, selection becomes important. And I'd be like, let's pose them a few problems. And honestly, Dan, I could see where you're going on this. I was thinking about 
Awobi, Paulinha, and Pereira. But then I go back to, well, I kind of want to get Sasalukic in there. So that's kind of where I was going on this because I think he's ready to take it to the next level. So I'm trying to think, how do I get all these players on together? Well, you that can't. Would... You're actually going to play a Scott Parker style for me. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going Parker ball. I'm not doing that, Dan. I'm absolutely not doing that. That's going to lead us to talk about how can Fulham win this match? I don't want to talk about getting a point. How can they win this match, Dan? Is there a, a path for Fulham to win this match? There is a path. What is the path? Well, the path. Um, uh, uh, first of all, we have to go to the right stadium, and you know all of those sort of things. I mean, you know, if you want to be, if you want to be pedantic about it, but taking your treating your question with the seriousness it deserves. Thank you. Dan. The game will be fairly simple. Silver is particularly methodical. The key is to limit the mistakes that we have exhibited this season um, in terms of sloppy defending and organisation because you can have the best attacking plans in the world if we're not disciplined and resolute and um, alive to the problems of playing out from the back against a high and relentless press and against a team with a lot of energy and a lot of creative players, then we're going to run into some problems. Right. That, that, that much is obvious. So... I don't think we'll go long ball or be more direct, but I think we'll just have to be a bit streetwise about how we approach it. I actually think we can pose problems to even the best teams in the league. You know, we saw that we played very well at Manchester City before the That's referees, right, referees and video assistants got involved in that one. We played very well against a number of sides over the period of time that Fulham have been in the Premier League. And I think that Silver and Postacoglu have similar philosophies and similar approaches to playing football. Having talked it up this much, it's going to be a dour nil-nil draw, oh, isn't it? No, but, no. I mean, I'll take it right now. Let's be let's be clear about that. Sure. I'll take a sort of Scott Parker, Paul Bracewell, Claudio Ranieri... <laughs> hybrid that gets us a nil-nil draw but it's just not the way we play anymore right so if you're looking at the way to beat Tottenham it's getting bodies in the box getting people in advanced areas and movement in the final third to discomfort their centre-backs because I'm here to tell you that Romero is a walking yellow or red card that there are some people... You talked about Hoiberg earlier. Yep. I mean, we, apparently, we nearly ended up with Pierre-Emile Hoiberg. And I joked about this previously on your on your show, I think. I'm very glad um, that he decided, because he said something like, I deserve to play in the Champions League. And I sort of looked at it and was like, well, not on the evidence of what I saw last week, mate. You know, um, there are some weaknesses in this Tottenham team. Right. I think we can get after them, but it's going to need to be a level of intensity from the beginning that we haven't seen, arguably, since we played at Arsenal. Okay. I mean, if you look at the matches that we played, you know, we've been off the pace. We've been, we, we created a lot of chances against Sheffield United, but it wasn't a, you know, fearsome front foot performance. And I don't think we need to go all out attack immediately at Tottenham. Right. I think we'll get cut to smithereens. 
I think you just need to be inventive in your play. You need to try and occupy their fullbacks, wingbacks as well. Um, to to get numbers, if we're going to play with um, Carlos or Raul or even Vin- even um, uh, Rodrigo, yeah. um, they can't be isolated in that final third. You've got to get an attacking midfielder, a winger, a runner from midfield into the penalty area to pose them a problem. Because otherwise, it's a simple mathematical equation. Three against one, you know. Yeah. Unless something disastrous happens, the three are going to take care of the situation. So you've got to try and work that. But we're good with the ball. We can utilise the ball. If we're in the game after 20, 30 minutes, the, 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 the impatience of the fans might play a part. You know, the weather conditions might play a part. Who knows, right? But I don't think this is as much of a long shot as people think. Prepare for me. You know, please delete this from the internet when we're 3-0 down after 20 minutes, Rob. Okay, very good. All right. Before I give you my prediction and get your prediction, I'm going to share a prediction I heard just this morning from former Fulham player Rodney Marsh. Rodney made a prediction. 2-1. to one. Tottenham Hotspur, Dan. That was his prediction, okay? So what he did on his show, Grumpy Pundits. So, Dan, what is your prediction? Well, I'm afraid that's exactly what I've gone for in our sweepstake. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't often agree with Rodney because some of his, some of, some of Rodney's opinions are a little bit out there, although... No, I, not at all. Why... Although I do wonder if he's playing for playing to the crowd a little bit sometimes on his Grumpy Pundits uh, show, which is excellent. Oh, it's um, great! And uh, he's certainly uh, he, he, he's certainly a lively participant. Um, so yeah, I, I I've predicted us for a two-one defeat. The more I look at it, the more optimistic I become. But I can't back out of what I've already put down in our in our prediction league. So. Are you going to hold me to it, Russ? Okay. Okay. Well, Dan, I actually agree with yours. I'm going to say two to one. I think Fulham are going to score, but I don't think they can score more than a goal. And I think Tottenham are going to score a couple. So I'm going to go with Rodney. I'm going to go with you. We're all in agreement. Two to one to Tottenham Hotspur. But I will say this. Like you mentioned, if Fulham put out a performance, I'm going to put a combination of how they put against Arsenal and the first half against Man City. There might be something going on here. I'm just going to say that. You're talking about a level of intensity. If they have that, game on, Dan. Game on. We'd all like to be wrong, wouldn't we? I mean, oh, yeah. And, 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 and everything. And and I'm frequently wrong about many things in life, (laughs) particularly about Fulham. So, so there we are. Take it with a pinch of salt, fellas. Okay. Okay. Great. Dan, listen, before we go, I just want to say, A big thank you to you for doing the show with me. As you know, I have been dealing with a situation going on around the world, and um, you've been a very good friend to me, along with Max, along with so many people have reached out to me to help me through a difficult time just in what's going on in the world. And this show, as I said at the beginning, is my escape, my way to forget about all that to really just forget about all that for the time that I do the show for the time I watch Fulham football club to just forget about it and just be in a, a safe place. So 
Thank you for joining me on College Talk, which is a very safe place for me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure, Russ. Uh, I, I would just like to say, again, as we did at the top, but, but very explicitly this time, that my thoughts, and um, I'm sure yours, go out to um, everyone in Israel, everyone in Gaza, um, yep. at the moment, that horrific atrocity, um, but also, of course, to the uh, Swedish uh, supporters who lost their lives in Belgium. I know we have a, a very strong FFC yes. Sweden supporters club. I know uh, Timothy Castagna would have been playing in that game. I can't imagine what the people who were locked in the stadium while they were looking for that madman um, must have been been going through. Any kind of terrorism is abhorrent. Um, Absolutely, Dan. It, it puts things like our sort of concerns about who's going to play up front, you know, that even the ticket pricing can take a back seat when we're talking about matters of life and life and death it shows us what what really matters but i would in closing I, I, I would just like to say i'm so um flattered every time you email me whatsapp me message me whatever you you know to say would you be willing to to speak about fulham football club this this show has had its real evolution from a much younger me talking to a slightly younger you Russ, yes. um all those years ago and um, I know how many people uh, really respond to your own passion for Fulham Football Club because when you started, there weren't so many outlets for international fans or even English fans to discuss and and, and hear the news and uh, and listen to something. So if, if in some small way I'm able to to give you that little uh, boost in order to uh, to uh, to do this show, then I'm then I'm very pleased. And I would say, you know, um, we're missing Max uh, we are. This, this afternoon, this evening, my time. I know he'll be back. I know he's a pivotal part of this, this show. And I know that all of the people who are part of your burgeoning community want to send our best wishes um, to you, to your family, um, and to everyone affected by by everything that's gone on over the over the past fortnight, because it's not acceptable, it's not pretty, um, it's a reminder of the brutality of life. But we are all Fulham fans. We're a family club, and we're very happy to have you in our in our own Fulham family, Russ. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for saying that. And I'm glad that you put it this way. And that's kind of where I started the show. We are all Fulham fans, regardless of race, religion, politics, where you live, whatever. We're all Fulham fans. We're all in this together, and it really is a wonderful community, and I'm just blessed that I'm a part of it. And I'll just end there. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, as always, to Dan Crawford from HamiN.com. And the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching. Listen to College Talk, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116-123. That's 116-123. 
They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.